What's going on everyone? This is Dustin Stelzer with another episode of Electrician U. Today we're going to talk about occupancy sensors, more specifically how to take a regular switch out and replace it with an occupancy sensor. Okay, so what is an occupancy sensor? I'm not gonna get into all the like technical jargon and everything. Essentially, an occupancy sensor is an automatic switching means. So if you have somebody in your household that uh, leaves lights on, a lot of people do this for their kids. The kids will leave the closet lights on in their bedroom and it just pisses them off after a while. So if you put an occupancy sensor in, basically it just senses motion and it'll, when you open a door to a closet, turns the lights on. If you leave the room for a certain amount of time, you can set that time. Um, but after a couple of minutes, the lights shut off. So that's the whole purpose behind it, an occupancy sensor. So you're not leaving lights on all the time. An occupancy sensor works off of the principle that you can walk into a room, it senses motion in a room, and it turns lights on. And then after it stops seeing motion for a while, the lights turn off. So you can leave and then not have your lights stay on all day. So the occupancy sensor that I have is a uh, standard Maestro uh, Lutron model. So Maestro is a line of devices that uh, Lutron makes. They make a lot of different kinds. Diva. Um, so anyways, this is just a, a standard Maestro. Nothing like too fancy, nothing expensive. Um, but let's break into it and I'll show you how to replace them. So occupancy sensors, well this one specifically, has a couple of different wires. Um, this is a bonding wire, this is your ground, and then you've got your hot and your leg. It doesn't matter which order you, you hook these two up, it doesn't matter if you put the hot to this and the leg to this or vice versa. Um, you're just making a connection and disconnecting it when you hit the button just like a normal switch. So first thing you got to do, obviously open up our switch. We're about to get the lights shut off on us. I'm gonna have to take both of these out because rather than putting pigtails in and having an individual wire per switch, they daisy chained them together which I hate when people do. So zoom in on that so you can see what I'm talking about. Like Josh, get in here close. So if you see what they did with the hots is they've got a hot coming in here. They just bent a hook around this one lug and went over to this device. So these things are daisy chained together. What I like to do is I like to um, pigtail individual hots so I can leave one of these switches in the wall while I'm working on another switch. Just 
a preference you know there's no right or wrong way to do it a lot of people have done this in the past but once you get into like three and four gang boxes and you pigtail every single one of them together it just sucks to have to work on all of them because you got to take every single one of them out So another thing to notice that none of these devices have grounds, so that's something that I'm going to have to fix. Awesome! So on these pigtails, one of the pigtails is going to go to our leg up here. The other pigtail needs to go to our hot. But again, this is another issue or another reason why I don't like the pigtails. I, I can't do anything with this. I actually have to cut it and make joints again. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to take those um, black wires out. Those are our hots. And I'm going to make new pigtails on them for these. And I'm also going to reach in the back of the box and grab a hold of those grounds because somebody was uh, lazy and didn't put any grounds out for our devices. So I'm going to do it right. So the, <laughs> the backs of these devices actually have plates on them. These are meant for a, a, a wire to just be stabbed behind and then when you tighten your screw, this plate closes around the wire and it just cinches onto the wire. But somebody bent hooks around these things outside of the plates which is not really a bad thing, it's just not how it was designed to be used. So it just makes trying to get these damn things off a little bit more difficult. If you can see the difference between these two, somebody bent a hook on that one, but they used the, the plate on the other one. So this one's gonna be super easy to get out, this one's not. And we can do a whole like conversation later about the whole uh, bending hooks versus using stab-ins. There's a whole lot to say about that. A lot of people don't think that using something like a plate or using something that stabs into a hole as a termination is a good termination. And I tend to agree with that a lot, uh, depending on the circumstance. But bending hooks is like the way to make the most solid connection. It's just not kind of coming apart. So it's a really good way to do things that way. It's just my little rant for the day. But if you go into some of these Facebook groups and forums, you'll, uh, you'll be privy to a lot of arguments and vehement hatred one way or the other. It's almost as touchy as the whole union versus non-union topic. All right, so now I got all my devices out. These are my two switch legs. Switch leg, again, is just a term for the wire that goes up to the light or whatever you're trying to switch. We call that the leg or the switch leg. And look at that joint, too. Get a good close-up of that so it's, like, really close. This joint, this was just laziness on somebody's part. You know, in theory, something like that works. Um, you know, the wire's not going to come apart at all, but it's just laziness. Somebody didn't want to actually cut pieces of wire and do it right. So I'm going to do it right. Like, look at this haggard piece of wire. That's just not professional. All right, so I'm just going to nip that right off. Back up now. 
And then anytime you take joints apart, one good thing is like, see how they're all, these are all bent up and spiraled up. It's gonna make it a lot easier trying to make joints on these wires, especially since I'm adding two more pieces of wire now for my two pigtails that come out. If you just sit and straighten each one, this does not need to be that long. But I try to make everything straight when I, when I remake a joint. All right, I'm gonna make two pigtails. Now notice what I'm doing. I'm kind of making a hashtag, like if you can view that from the top. I'm taking two wires going one direction, two wires going another direction, and I'm gonna to try to twist them. Not all the way, notice that I'm not twisting it like you know 360 degrees around. I'm just kind of barely forming it around the shape that I want it to be. And what that does is it gives you a, a nice even joint. All the wires lay down nicely together. And then I usually over tighten just a little bit. That way it's not just the uh, the metal that's kind of twisted together hanging onto itself. You've got the added support of having some of the wire twisted together as well. So that thing's just not going to come apart. Alright, so now I have two pigtails. Now I have a hot and a leg for one switch, hot and a leg for another switch, and I don't have to take anything apart. I could have one of these switches in the wall. I could pull the other switch out, replace that one switch without having to do all this crap that I'm doing right now. So I'm gonna get those out of the way. Might as well just check the neutrals while I'm here. Good thing to do when you're, if you ever open something as an electrician, like this is your job, this is what you do. If you're gonna open something and take a look at it, like it really helps to look at everything that way you know, if something needs tightening, this joint probably doesn't, but it's just a good idea, especially when you're doing something really small. You're gonna be in there, like take the time and just double check everything. There's no reason not to. There's more reason to than reason not to because you might find something that um, can just make their entire electrical system last longer. You could find a wire that's loose. You could find something that's about to burn up, you know, and the signs that insulation's weakening or whatever. It's just a good idea to check everything while you're in, instead of just being in there to touch the thing that you're there and like bounce. And that could be said for electrical panels. I mean, everything. It's a good idea. Like if you're ever doing stuff on electrical panels and you're, you know, changing out one breaker, like why not take your screwdriver out and take the I don't know what, like 120 seconds that it's gonna take to just try to make sure that every single breaker, every termination on a breaker is tight, nothing's loose. Go through the neutral bus, take out your Robbie or your square, whatever you call it, and try to make sure that every single thing is tight. I mean, you're already there. And it's just the difference in craftsmanship and professionalism in, or just trying to like hack and do stuff together for a quick buck. That's just my opinion. All right, so last thing we gotta do is we gotta add two ground pigtails. Um, both of our devices have grounds. In reality, this has a pigtail already, so I could just put this in this joint and have one pigtail that comes out for my device screw. But I'm just gonna do two pigtails because if we ever have to change anything out or whatever, it's just a good general practice to do that. So I'm gonna give two uh, ground pigtails 
for each. All right, so cut this guy in half. Now, when you've already got a joint that's made together, um, I find that it's easier to loosen that joint a little bit up. You don't have to take the whole thing apart, but if you just kind of loosen it, they'll they'll play nice when you just when you try to uh, put them back together again. So these are really short. I mean, you can see how short these wires are. This is not code length. You need at least three inches outside of a box for code length. Most of your wires, people are going to want you to leave them eight to six inches long. Um, but so I'm having to deal with that. That's why I'm curving these wires over like that is because I want this whole piece to be the piece that I'm working with. I don't want to just try to, you know, deal with a half of an inch of wire. That's going to be a pain in the ass. So um, now that I'm mucking these things up, let me turn it around. So I'm going to bend about that much of it out. And then I just lay those on top and you slowly just grab and twist at the same time. If you just grab once and twist, it's going to end up being ugly as shit. So what you're really trying to do is kind of groom the wire into the shape that you want it. You can see it lays down a lot neater, a lot nicer when you do that. Now, one last thing I'm going to do is I'm going to shave this because it's it's got like a blocky, bulky front end and you kind of want it to be at an angle so it goes inside of that uh, wire nut a little bit easier. So you can see that point, that tip is going to go inside of that cone a little bit further. It's just going to hold it nicer. Um, that's a trick an old man taught me a long time ago. I always put my wire nuts on with clients. You don't want to over tighten them because you can bust loose the uh, this little spiral that's inside of here and then the plastic part comes off. So I usually put it on hand tight and then I give it, you know, like maybe two half turns to try to get it really, really uh, solidly in place. All right, so next thing you want to do is get your wire nuts all the way in the back of the box, as far back as you can. As much room as you can gain yourself when putting devices, especially stuff like this, even, you know, other kinds of dimmers or um, if you do anything with radio raw, like sometimes GFIs even, like you've got a, a lot more depth to deal with. So one of these things is going to fit in there pretty easily, but one of these is going to take up a lot more real estate, plus you're adding more wire nuts on and you're having to shove it all back there. So I usually try to get my ground wire nut as the first thing that I put all the way in the back. And then I get my neutrals because you don't really ever do anything with a neutral. So my neutral's all the way in the back. Now it's just the wires that I have to deal with. Oh wait, I need to get my uh, get my hots back there too. All right, so that still saves me a lot of room to make my joints on. Now I'm gonna put my, actually I'm gonna put this switch back on first. Um, 
you can see the depth inside of here. These are not very deep, so there's no point in having that much wire exposed. So I'm going to trim a little bit of that off. That way you don't have extra wire coming out of here that your ground is going to hit. Uh, which one's going to be my occupancy sensor? Occupancy is on the left, so let's trim this guy a little bit too. Short wires really suck to try to deal with. Um, if you notice, I'm using a flathead screwdriver to put these on. If you use a Phillips screwdriver, you don't get as much torque behind what you're doing. You'll notice that the screwdriver tends to slip once you get it to a certain uh, tension. So I always come back in at the end and just use my big flathead because your big flathead is always going to give you just a little bit, you know, even if it's a quarter or a half a turn more, um, it's just going to give you more of a solid connection. So that takes care of one device. Now we get the occupancy sensor. For this, I'm going to use the wire nuts that come in the package because they're smaller and I'm trying to save room since I'm adding three more wire nuts to this space. All right, so you notice the difference between like a regular size wire nut. This green one is the same size as a red wire nut, but trying to get three more of these into that box is just gonna fill the box up more and it may not seem like that much, um, but it always helps if you can use small wire nuts when you have to make this many terminations. All right, so what I'm gonna do is these first two grounds I'm going to twist together, I'm even going to go a step further and use a tool to make sure that they're really well twisted together. I don't want them coming apart. Anytime that you have a stranded wire or you have a little bit smaller wire and a bigger wire, you want to put the smaller wire forward just a hair. Can you get a good close up on that? If you end up being back here with your smaller wire and you try to put the wire nut on, it's going to slip out easier. So you always want to get the stranded wire or your smaller gauge wire up front a little bit. That way when you put it on, it, uh, it sticks harder and you're not going to be able to pull either one of them out. Especially when you're doing stranded to solid. If you have a solid wire and then you have a stranded wire, you always want to get that stranded one out just a, a little bit ahead. All right, so next one I'm going to use, doesn't matter which one it is, hot or leg, but that will be my hot, and this will be my switch leg. All right, so we got both of the devices hooked back up, and I just need to sit and do my foldy folds to try to get everything pushed in the back. I'm still paying a lot of attention to try to get the wire nuts themselves back in the box as far as I can. Otherwise it's going to be hard as hell to get this device in there. Alright, that looks like that'll fit in there. 
Brand new screws came with it. There's one little trick that I teach my apprentices when you're putting in devices. Maybe it's not even that big of a trick really, but if you notice where the screw is in this slot, like this is all the way to the right of the slot, it's all the way to the left. If you go, when you're doing multiple gang switches, three gangs, four gangs, anything like that, you wanna make sure that your devices are all in the same place. So if it's all the way over to the left, you wanna make sure this one's over to the left too. That'll make sure that when you go to put your plate on, you have that same spacing and it fits on there just perfectly. If you got one that's cocked all the way over here, like you'll never get that thing on and you're gonna have to sit and adjust each one. That really helps when you're doing like four gang boxes, three gang boxes. A lot of people will put those plates on and you know, you got four switches and you're trying to like adjust them and you're sticking your screwdriver in there messing with them and you end up breaking a plate. Um, that's just, that's the trick that I've learned so that you can put all the switches in a house, you can sit and trim everything out and you can have a helper go behind you and put plates on and it just, boom, it fits perfectly every time. Don't tell anybody I told you that or I'll have to kill you. So before I put my plate on, I wanna show you something. Y'all can zoom in. There's a little button right here. Let me see if I can get a tiny screwdriver. Right here, there's a button that when you press it, it has a function to it. And you've also got this button and you've got this light. So if you look at the instructions, every dimmer is gonna be different. Not all of them are gonna say the same things and function the same way. But if you look at this, zoom in, this talks about how you can program this thing to act a little bit differently. So you can change the timeout. So uh, you know, if you want this thing to shut off after one minute, after five minutes of you know, nobody being in the room anymore, you just look at this and it'll tell you how many flashes that you're gonna get. So this says number of flashes, one, two, three, four, or five. All right, so I'm gonna push this button and this thing should flash a certain amount of times. So we're gonna hold the button down. If we wanna change this to uh, five minutes, we have to let it flash three times. So that's one, two. Once it flashes a third time, now it's set for five minutes. Because three flashes means five minutes. So that's my timeout. The next thing is the sensor. So there's three different ways that this sensor can work. You can have auto on and off, which is occupancy mode, which is what we want. You can have manual on and auto off. So you have to come in here and hit the button to turn the light on, but it will automatically shut off when you leave. That's not what we want. And this is auto on daylight sensing, which this is inside of a garage. So we're not gonna use that either. So uh, I'm gonna press this thing, make sure that the light flashes one time. There it flashed, that's the setting we want. And then the last thing you do, there's advanced settings, so you can adjust your motion sensitivity from low to high. Being that we're in the garage, really like the only motion I care to get is people walking in this door and walking out of the door, and I don't have cats in here or any crazy shit that's gonna make this thing turn off and turn on. Um, so let's go motion sensitivity low. That means I, now I have to push both of these buttons at the same time. and we're looking for one flash. 
there we go. So we've got our motion sensitivity set to low. We've got our test mode set to five minutes. So after somebody leaves, five minutes is the longest the light's gonna stay on. And then we have the auto on and auto off for the occupancy mode. Now, last thing to do is to put it all back together. See, it just fits on there so nicely. Except it's not in all the way. I'm gonna do the middle. One thing I don't like about these devices in particular is this plastic tends to stick off the wall a little bit more than most switches do. So sometimes you can't get your plate all the way on and you gotta customize it a little bit. I don't like to use little wigglies. I don't know if you guys know what a wiggly is, but it's a little screwdriver that's got a, a bend in it and you can sit and wiggle it around. I used to use those a lot when I was first starting, but it's just one more thing to keep on you. I like to keep this multi-tool. This thing's got two different sizes of Phillips. It's got a number one and a number two Phillips. And this has got, what is that, like a quarter inch? Does it even say? Yeah, quarter inch and 3 sixteenths. That's all I ever use. I use the quarter inch for the majority of things. And then when I'm putting plates on devices, I go with 3 sixteenths. And I like to leave all of my screws facing the exact same direction. That may be a little bit of a picky thing. Um, it's just kind of a signature, I guess, of me being there. Some people do them all at, you know, at like a 45 degree angle or go that way. Or some people like them to do them sideways. I just like all mine to be straight up and down. Another thing that I do too, this is a non-breakable plate, so this isn't going to snap over time. But a lot of people will tighten this and they'll just keep going and keep going so that it's all the way tight. But your plates, after like you walk away after a week, there's so much tension on the plate that it causes the plates to snap. And then you got to replace the... the the plate. So I like to go to where I feel it naturally want to stop and then I back it off a quarter turn. So there you have it. That is an occupancy sensor that's replacing one. Um, these things are really not that expensive. They're like 20 bucks. So if you have a problem with like your kids, you know, you got kids in each one of their bedrooms, they don't shut their closet lights off or whatever, throw an occupancy sensor in there so that they just open the door, senses the motion, and then it turns the lights on and then you don't have to worry about it. That may just be like not teaching them responsibility and manners, <laughs> turning the fucking lights off, but it helps your electric bill while you're going through the pains of teaching them that with everything else in their life. So thank you guys for watching. I love you so much, and I'll see you in the next episode.